Good morning, everyone. <laughs> nice to be in church, isn't it? Uh, my message is called Remain in Me or Walk in the Spirit. And uh, how many people think they heard God speak to them this, this week sometime, at some stage? Okay, that's good. I don't know if you imagine, and you don't have to close your eyes to imagine, but I imagine that when Adam walked the earth, before he was naughty, I reckon he walked and talked with God. He had open communication with God. I'm not sure whether it was actually Jesus that walked in the garden with him. I don't know. That's, there's no way you'd know that. That's, but he walked in the garden. We do know that when they sinned, they were afraid because they heard Jesus, God coming. They heard God walking in the garden, didn't they? And they were afraid. So that, and they felt naked, so they needed to get something to cover themselves. But obviously they had really open communication with God. Talked free. But then sin came. They sinned. And suddenly that communication got a bit hazy. And as you read through the Bible, it gets less and less clear. It just gets, you know, to the stage where you, you know, get to Noah and God's going, man, no one's listening to me at all. No one can hear me. And he found favor in Noah. You know, do the whole flood the, flood the earth, carry on with things. But that, that sin, what it does is stops us hearing from God. Sin clouds our communication with God. We just don't hear the same. <clears throat> we lose the intimacy because of sin. And then Jesus came. Now, my belief is that Jesus, as he walked on the earth, could hear God very clearly, same as Adam. He would talk to the Father all the time. Could hear what he was saying. Because it says, I, don't, I only do what the Father tells me. Well, he must have been hearing, communicating, hearing the small voice, hearing. I mean, at one stage there was a loud voice. And he said that wasn't for his purpose, that was for everybody else's purpose. He could hear. Hear God. What an amazing thing. No wonder he did all he did. Because he's just walking around, listening to Jesus. This, like, sorry, listening to God. Jesus was Jesus. But, you know, just listening to God. Just listening. Do this. Coming up. Starts talking to a lady at a well. Holy Spirit says, do you want to ask her about where her husband is? You know? And has that revelation. It's just unfolded. Because he was just listening. He wasn't worried about anything. <laughs> Didn't need an iPhone to remind him or his, or his watch to tell him what time to go home. He just waited till the Holy Spirit said, now go home. And he looked, walked that way. And then he goes to the cross. Oh, Alan, don't hold the bottom here. He, he goes to the cross. And on the cross, for the first time in his life, he experiences disconnection from God. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He had never experienced not being close to God until that moment. Because he was taking the sin 
of the world. That sin disconnected him from his father. Why did he sweat blood? And, and guess me. He understood, man, this is going to be hard. How can I do this? He's done everything that he's done all his life because he's been connected with God. Because he's heard God's voice. Gave him the confidence and the faith. And, and you know, it's all right. God's with me. I can do anything. On that cross, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Whew. He dies, takes away the sin of the world, and now you and me are able to access God. All we have to do is let him take away the sin in our lives. We go to Jesus, ask him to forgive us of our sin, and now the communication's opened up, hasn't it? I can feel God, I can hear God, and we start to walk listening to God. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit falls. Without going into all the details, for a lot of them, they were unsure whether he was the Messiah because the whole, uh, the whole prophecies about the Messiah was that he would rebuild the temple. That was what they thought he would do. And so for a lot of them, they're having arguments going, Jesus can't be the Messiah because he didn't rebuild the temple. But what they didn't know, and if you go back through and you look at the temple, the first temple when it was built, uh, and, and they, uh, was it Solomon built that temple, and they did their sacrifice, the power fell. Like it was, they couldn't even move. The, the, you go back and read it in the Old Testament. It was phenomenal. And so... The temple is destroyed, and they're saying, hey, well, then the Messiah comes, he's going to rebuild the temple, and the temple, when the temple is rebuilt, then, we'll, you know, then, then we know that the, he is the Messiah. But what happens? On the day of Pentecost, the temple is you and me, and the Holy Spirit falls on us because now we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So now... We've dealt with the sin. We've got access to God. Now we're going to live walking in the Spirit. And you and I are made to walk in the Spirit and have connection with God all the time. You know, too often we just put in little pockets. You know, it's all right, Alan, I had my quiet time this morning. Oh, yeah, that's good. But it's, it's all the time. It's when you're walking. That's why it's called walking in the Spirit. But it's also while you're sitting, while you're sleeping. Oh, There's a movie, isn't it? So let's go to the Bible. Does that make sense? I think the enemy in a lot of times has sold us short. You know, this, this unrestricted. So here we are in 2024, sitting in church. It's good. Getting ready for the year. I mean, some of us feel, man, it's already racing ahead as it goes. As a church, as an individual, we're here to change the world. Like there goes, oh, how do I change the world? Well, the world definitely needs changing. I mean, the world's broken, isn't it? A few wars here and there. Uh, what else we got? We got New Zealand's a little bit broken. Go to the guys group. They've got the political answers. They're going to change 
You're going to change everything, you know? It's pretty broken. Uh, Tauranga's pretty broken. <laughs> the roads are pretty broken. And that's for you out here. Uh, <clears throat> it's not broken out here in Omokoro, though. It's very nice, isn't it? You just can't get anywhere. That's right. just can't go to the rest of the world. It's broken. It needs healing. I'm broken. You're broken. You're broken. Life has a way of breaking it, doesn't it? And thank you for Jesus who's healing me. Came to heal the brokenhearted. And he's healing us and bringing wholeness into us. And that's exciting. And so we come to 1 John 15 verse 1. Is it? No, it's just John 15 verse 1. Look, I don't even need my notes because it's right here. That makes it easier. Okay, let's read this. I am the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they'll produce more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message, by the gospel, by being saved and purified. Remain in me and I will remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So what does that mean? It means you've got to be connected. How connected are you to God? I ask the question, how, have you heard from him? How's the communication? You know, we get the communication this way when we listen for the small voice or we commune. We get the communication from his word. Because God's always trying to com commu communicate with us. Where's your verse that you had on a piece of paper? I thought it was on a piece of paper. I thought that's good. Let's just hope I can read your writing. Psalm 40 verse 5. Many, O Lord, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be, be counted to you in order. If I would... Uh, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. God's thoughts, his words to you, he's trying to communicate them all the time. Okay, but our sin, our selfishness, yes, I've got my sin forgiven, but we carry on doing stupid things, don't we? And it keeps mucking up the communication. And so God's thoughts that he's trying to get to us don't come to us. Now, here's one of the probably the most uh, annoying things, I think, in some ways, is that if we don't listen to God this way, then God starts coming this way. God starts speaking through my wife. <laughs> that's not annoying because I'm sure this is recorded. And, and so that's... And he just keeps, she, she just keeps coming. Because if I'm not listening this way, God's got this stuff he wants to tell me. If I'm not listening, it comes this way. We were talking in the car on the way out. And um, <clears throat> you know how with kids, 
you know, the first time you ask them to do, well, you, you, first time they ask them, you sort of ask them, hey, can you do this? No, they don't do anything. Can you do this? Can you do this? You know, you just, you, well, you, you're good parents. You didn't do that. <laughs> I wonder whether God's a little bit like that. And that's why we're getting, we're going, he's going, I can't get him this way. So the voice comes and the wife comes one time, two times, three times. But hold on, let's get a balance here because the voice comes from your husband as well, doesn't it? Yes? Yeah. Even an unsaved one. Oh, okay, even an unsaved one. Just that voice, because God's trying to get your attention. Because he just wants to talk with you. He just wants you to hear him. Because you were made to walk connected with God, listening. So that when your journey, you go, oh, should I go down? No, I shouldn't. You know, I was talking to a guy. Um, <clears throat> he's in my B&I. He, he comes along to, to church. And he, um, uh, when we were on holiday, he sent us a, a, a picture of his car in a smash. It was smashed up. And I thought, mate, are you guys all right? And they, they're both all right. And I'm having a chat to him. And he said, man, you know what's, you know what's really strange? He said, we were going to this concert. And uh, it was somewhere in Napier. So they're driving there. And about half an hour and in, his wife says to him, oh, I forgot my, co- my togs. And he said, you know what, I just ignore and just keep going. <laughs> Do you know if I'd have just listened to her and even maybe pulled over to the side and gone, Do you think we need to go back there or, you know, or should we go? I would have missed that complete accident. When I was a little boy, I was about five, my dad... Um, <laughs> my dad, uh, we were in Brisbane, Australia, and we were going to visit some people in the car. And so he parked the car, uh, and it was on this little slope that then went down to a 10-metre bank fall. And he parked his car there, and the Holy Spirit said to him, lock the car. And he thought, oh, I don't need to lock the car. This is a pretty safe area here. Why, would, why do I need to lock the car? And he felt it again, lock the car. Didn't lock the car. Went up, went up into the house, family way, uh, uh, you know, just talking to the family there. And I go to my dad at some stage. I'm four or five. Hey, Dad, can I go get that thing out of the car? Yeah, yeah, go. Car's unlocked. Just go down there and get it. So I climb into the car and get whatever it was I was getting. I can't even remember. I was five years old, so I don't remember that. <laughs> And it was one of those, I don't know if you remember the Holdens that you had that you pull this thing on and then you just flick it and it goes straight in. Like, like they're cool. But you just flick it. I kicked it with my leg. And the car starts to roll. I, I scramble out. The car runs over my leg and just goes and then doesn't quite go over the bank. Maybe if I'd have stayed in it with the weight, it would have gone over because it would have gone a bit faster. Dad came back. Little voice, Holy Spirit. He's trying to talk to us all the time. Like all the time. I mean, if you're saying he's trying to, his thoughts to her as much as a thousand uh, or all the sand on the seashore or, or uncountable, that means all the time. Your whole life from right through, he's trying to talk to you. And then he says, oh, I can't get through them there. So he uses parents, he uses spouse, 
uses a brother, a sister, a friend. I won't tell the story, but Brent just told me about how he was telling it. You know, you need to do something. They didn't listen, and hello, he's in trouble. You know, God's 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 speaking all the time. You know, and it can be frustrating. I don't know about you. It can be frustrating as a parent when your children don't listen to you. Am I allowed to tell a story about my son? But you're not allowed to tell him that I told you. Okay, okay. There's the Holy Spirit speaking through Brent. I can't tell you. If you really want to know, you can come and ask me and I'll tell you quietly in private, okay? <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit's trying to talk to you. And we can't bear any fruit unless he remains in us. Unless we remain connected. I can remember my, uh, my pastor preaching a, pre- uh, a message on this called Severed, Withered, Burned. Like, you always forget a title like that, don't you? Severed. So severed is you're just holding on, but man, you're not getting all what's there for you. You know, you're getting little bits. I hear God, you know, last month. I hear God last year. I just hear, I spent some time with God. It's slightly severed. But then it starts to wither. And then it burns. It's dead. I've got to be continually listening. So if you remain in him, you're going to bear fruit. What is the fruit? Straight away, if you're a good Christian brought up, you're going to go, the fruits of the Spirit, Alan. Ah, so let's go have a look at them. Where are they? What verses have I got for the fruits of the Spirit? You could put them up there. Fruits of the Spirit. Because, okay, so just look, one of the problems we've got as Pentecostal Christians... And some of you go, well, oh, I didn't know it was a Pentecostal church. Or maybe, but maybe that wasn't what you were thinking. But anyhow, Pentecostal church, one of the things that we're into is the power of God. We want to see the power of God move, don't we? Ash, do you want to see the power? Yes, we want to see the power. The power of God, we want to see move on the outside. Here's the thing. The power of God never moves on the outside unless he first starts moving on the inside. And we need the power of God to enable us to bear fruit. It's, it's, the, it's the connection of the fruit. It's suddenly bearing fruits easy because we're connected. Uh, nine months ago, we had in Tauranga, Pastor Luca. And uh, Pastor Luca, uh, for me, is a prophet that speaks into my life. Sometimes when, everybody's, uh, when I'm in secret with him, you know, we're just going playing golf or something like that. But one Sunday, that nine months ago, he's preaching and he talks about the vision for the church, these seven mountains. And I'm going, oh, yeah, okay, that sounds very good. And he sort of, it, look, it took him a long time to get there. He's waffling. Don't tell him I told him it, but he's waffling on. <laughs> and, uh, and then he suddenly looked at me on the front row and he points to me and he goes, it all starts with you. I was really annoyed that Eleanor wasn't there that day. <laughs> she was out here, I think. And I thought, oh, come on, don't do these things like that. Like, it's everybody in the room. Don't just pick on me. Do you know, he did it three times. And it all starts with you. I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a little bit too much. I could feel the weight of it. But it starts with me changing inside. 
We're so obsessed with wanting to see everybody else around you change. Turn to the person next to you and say, it all starts with me. Now, you would have found that easier, way easier. So just to make it easier, why don't you just turn to the person and say, it all starts with you? Because that's way easier to say, isn't it? If you just changed, everything would be all right. Hey, that marriage course is outstanding. Eleanor and I did it last year. And um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> so it's all about you. Or it's all about me. And our job is to let the Holy Spirit work in us and change. The power within, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you to enable you to automatically produce fruits of the Spirit. And how's it done? Because we're in constant tuning with God. You know, sometimes we keep looking back at all our sin or we make a mistake and we just keep looking at that sin. No, no, you keep looking about, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I don't know if you've ever watched um, Forrest Gump. Anybody watch the movie Forrest Gump? There's a scene in that Forrest Gump movie where Jenny is walking along with Forrest and the boys come behind on the bikes, chasing him. Right? You know that, that scene? And then, then, then he starts and, run, Forrest, run, you know. And, and, and as he runs, he's got those things on his leg. And as he runs and he starts to run, they fall off. And suddenly now he runs. And he runs everywhere, you know, he runs and runs. Do you know, I reckon that's a picture of you and me as we walk in the Spirit. If I just keep on God and go, no, I'm just going to keep going to the Holy Spirit, it just automatically gets rid of all the other stuff because you walk in the Spirit, you won't, I think it says you won't do the, the, the yeah, well, good, good, because I'm so far away from my notes, I can't go there. What is it? You walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Found in, oh, that's too hard. <laughs> Here we go. We need each other, don't we? So we're going to walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Wow. All I have to do is just keep listening to God. Keep listening to God. In everything. And it's as you walk. I mean, look, the... And, and look, this is gonna, you guys are going to you're going to change hugely because really it's driving the spirit. And because you spend so much time driving and sitting in traffic, there you're going to you're going to be you're going to be hearing from God all the time. Driving the spirit. So sometimes you put a CD on worship. Sometimes you just sit there, God. What do you want to say to me? Sometimes you meditate on a scripture. Can I just say, don't do the same thing all the time. Mix it up, man. You're free. Mix it up. And we walk in the Spirit every day. And do you know there's some great things? You might muck up one day. But my Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. They're unlimited. It's mercy. So you get up in the morning and go, yeah, it was a bit of a bad day yesterday. <laughs> to listen to the wife. There we go. Let's try again today. Holy Spirit, help me today to walk in the Spirit. 
Just go back to the, uh, uh, the flesh. It must be about verse 18, 19 or something like that. Let's read that. Because sometimes we look at all these nice things and we don't think. Do you know, I had a guy tell me this week while he's finding it. Uh, he rang me up last week and said, mate, that was the best sermon you've ever preached. And I thought, does that mean that all mine weren't very good before that? I don't know what that means. But anyhow, he did that. And, and, and he's someone I've known since I was 15. And uh, he said, no, that was a great, great message. And I said, oh, so what, what was it that you know, got you going? He goes, oh. I don't have self-control. I used to have self-control. I think he's in his 70s. But man, I don't have self-control. I need to get back onto working on that. Oh, that's good. And he says, I'm not kind. I said, mate, you're really generous. You've helped me lots. Oh, there's the timer up. You've helped me lots. And he goes, I'm generous, but I'm not kind. I thought, whoa. We need to be more kind. Now, all you people that have political things that might, might get upset because Jacinda said I was kind, I'm not, especially some of you rebellious males that don't like being told by a female, <coughs> no, you need to be kind. Not because Jacinda said it. It's because the Bible says it. Because the Holy Spirit says it. Okay, so, jumping back. The problem with the, the works of the flesh is that we all only see one and we don't see the rest. I think you had it a minute ago there. It's coming. But we're all learning patience. That's it. That one there. Oh, it's Galatians. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That'll be why you're having trouble there. Okay, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The results are very clear. Sexual immorality. And I think we go, oh, it's all right, I don't do that. And we forget what else is written there. Impurity. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Idolatry. Sorcery. Hostility. Quarreling. 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 Quarreling is a sinful nature. I'll have to tell Eleanor that. She needs to know that. Uh, Jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension. I'm just going to stop on that one. Dissension. Dissension is arguments that lead to discord. Or disagreements that lead to discord. So nothing wrong with disagreements, but your disagreements need to lead to unity. One of the problems we have in Christianity is that we're right, but we're wrong. The truth is this, but then we're not gentle and we're not kind. We're angry about it or, or, or you know, I've got this scripture that the last few weeks I've been meditating on is faith expressing itself in love. My faith must express itself through love. Too often, the Christian one is faith expressing itself through judgment. And we point the finger at everybody else. No, no. Our faith is expressed by how much we love each other. So, homework. 
I hate homework. I, and I even hated it more when, they, when I had to help the kids do their homework. Oh, that, no. Okay, homework. Here we go. All I want you to do is practice listening to the Holy Spirit as much as you can over the next week. Everywhere, whatever you got to do. Now, it may mean that you might have to slow down a little. It may mean that you're going to have to listen to your wife. It may mean that you may need to shut up because some of us can't hear because we just talk too much. I'm going to tell my wife that just so that she knows that. I'm in real big trouble. I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh, someone will tell her. So I'll tell her, do you know what happened? We're going on this, our holiday. We're going to go away. And um, everybody says, oh, you're going to have a great holiday. And I kept saying in a joke, yeah, oh, Eleanor's got a great list for me. You know, she's got all these jobs for me to do. Until someone went up to her, Eleanor and said, oh, no, you're having a good break. Why are you making Ellen do all those jobs? <laughs> She comes home. I thought we decided we were going to do those jobs together. I said, oh, look, it just sounded better for me to say that you'd do <laughs> I mean, the jobs. <laughs> oh, lesson learned. Sorry, darling. <sighs> okay, let's pray. Holy Spirit, just while you've got your eyes closed, why don't you deal with sin first? Because the first thing that stops us from hearing Listen, maybe you need to just say, Jesus, can you forgive me? And it's awesome. All you have to do is confess and believe in your heart and your sins are washed away. God, please forgive me. Forgive me for the big things. Forgive me for the little things. Forgive me. Holy Spirit, help us to hear you. Everywhere we go, everything that we do, we want to be listening to you. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.